0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hollywood Week, The Review. My name is Keenan Culler and I am joined once again by the heart of Chicago, the almost doctor, in the master of chaos magic, it's Ralph Boner. Ralph, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. How you doing, Ralph? Hey, thanks, man.
1: Hey, uh, what can a guy? Uh, can a guy give his sister a big old hug? <laughs> what does he say? Kaysen, I don't even know.
0: That was a fantastic Ralph Boner impression. And by the way, audience, <laughs> we're not joined by Ralph Boner. It's actually in the heart of Chicago.
1: That's right. That's right. It's actually alternate universe uh, Kason. Kason, how you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good. It's been a while, Keenan. We've uh, been on a little hiatus. But so has the world. So we are uh, we're coming back into it. We got new content. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, this is exciting. This has been the longest break we've taken, I think. In uh, so I mean, I'm going into this episode expecting maybe like a six or seven as far as quality goes.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we're gonna peak. So yeah, price six or seven.
0: I'm rusty is what I'm trying to say, Cason So audience, thanks for sticking with us Just let us kind of uh, work the kinks out As we're making our way back into the world of podcasting
1: I believe that we can do it
0: Cason, tonight's an exciting episode We are reviewing one of the most buzzed about One of the most talked about One of the biggest shows in in a long time, I would say That is WandaVision
1: Yes, the MCU is back Finally, after uh, you know, getting delayed for a year, we have some new superhero stuff to talk about, so that's always exciting.
0: Case and I'm a little disappointed because when I just teed you up right there for WandaVision, I was really hoping you were gonna sing the little jingle. Oh WandaVision that one? Yeah, that's pretty close, but I'm oh. more the guy who in the theme song when the, the I think it was episode two when they just say WandaVision I like that one too that's more in my vocal range exactly Anyway, Case, and this is going to be a great episode. We got a lot of uh, great fan listener feedback. I would say uh, we're going to read those comments, read those questions a little bit later, and we're just going to dive into this show, talk about it episode to episode, and uh, just see if this deserves to be uh, as hyped as it is, as hyped as it was. And uh, I think we have a lot of thoughts. Some of them may be predictable. Some of them, as you know, you're the king of hot takes. I'm sure we'll get some some uh, bombs. <laughs> Dropped, but it's gonna be know. a fun time.
1: Yeah, it is gonna be a fun time. Uh, this show really did make waves. I've loved seeing all of the uh, talk about it on the internet, all of the talk about it on our uh, social media pages. You want to go ahead and
0: tee those up, Keenan? Cason, perfect. You you lobbed it, and I'm about to dunk it. Here we, Here go. we go. We got the social media game. Now, at one point, Cason, our Instagram page at Hollywood underscore week, it was more disappointing than Evan Peters' Quicksilver Actually, being a guy named Ralph Boner, but <laughs> Kason, we're coming back strong. Forget oh, yeah. forget about the past. The Instagram page is flourishing. I'm trying to keep it keep it alive. Post a lot more on there. Follow us at Hollywood underscore Week. Um, and that, that's kind of like the JV squad. Now, as far as the varsity team, Kason, <laughs> I know. I mean, I know I know three things in life, and one of them is you love the Facebook group. I really do. It's, uh, well, let, let, let me say my line, Keyson.
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: It's the bread and butter. <laughs> Please hype it.
1: Uh, yeah, you got to get over to the Facebook group. Just search for Hollywood Week in your uh, little search bar up there. Um, we have a lot of great stuff going on. We have a lot of good questions, a lot of news updates, and, uh, the comment section is pretty active, so if you're looking for some other people to throw suggestions at, take suggestions from, or just get into some good conversation about, uh, the most talked about stuff in movies and TV, I think our Facebook group will serve that purpose for you, so
0: check it out. Creason. I almost called you Crayson. That's, that's how rusty I am. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's okay. Hey, Crayson. Uh, <laughs> no, that was a great plug for the Facebook group. Yeah, we have a lot of fun over there. Case and the other thing we want to mention before we dive into WandaVision, we are still planning on drop dropping season two. This is a thing that's happening.
1: Oh, it's going to happen. I th-
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> we've been talking about this for three years now.
1: I'm uh, thinking I'm
0: back. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm back. But uh, Casein season 2 is coming. We were going to drop a definitive date and right before we re- started recording, we said, "You know what? We don't want to we don't want to make false promises."
1: That's right. We don't want to pull a CD project red up in here.
0: I like it. Uh, cyberpunk. <laughs> wow. Kacen, um, but so what we're going to do is we're going to keep you posted. Season 2 is coming definitely in the next couple months. We're going to get prime for the summer movie season. I can't wait. It's more just a matter of um, you're messing around with trying to become a doctor and, and performing life-changing surgeries. So I guess the podcast has to wait, which I don't like, <laughs> but I understand it.
1: Yeah, sadly, I have some other things going on that may be uh, somewhat time-consuming, but... Uh, there will be some breaks in there, so we'll definitely make it happen because I'm excited to, uh, get back into it. Hey, Kason, have you ever
0: heard of priorities?
1: (laughs) That's true. I can't, uh,
0: can't deny it. Do you think when Joe Rogan had to choose between getting stoned and recording hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcasts versus becoming a doctor, he chose the doctor route no. Uh, apparently not. And he's doing pretty well. So what can I say? I'm just saying Kason, maybe rethink your life. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it into consideration. Anyway, season two is coming soon. Look out for that. It's going to be a good time. Cason. Um, let's dive right into it. Cause I know people want to know, what do we think of WandaVision? This is a big show. We're going to give spoiler free thoughts to start us off. And then we're Let's gonna do di- and then we're gonna dive into spoilers. Um, very brief thoughts because most people listening to this, I'm sure, have watched the show. Um, but Kason, I'm gonna turn it over to you. What did you think of the MCU's first official foray into television? Did Wandavision deliver? What's going on?
1: Yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, for me, I feel like it's probably somewhere between Iron Man 2 and the original Hulk movie, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, That is not true. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, I think for the very first show that Marvel is coming out with in this new expansion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe onto Disney+, um, this is a great showing for them. I think it had a ton of strengths. I thought the writing was great. I thought that, uh, it really allowed them to give some more meat to some of their best performers, uh, rope in some new actors and actresses that really did a fantastic job. Um, and I just think they nailed the like mystery sort of prompting discussion week to week, really taking advantage of that for, of that format trying to get people to talk about the show. So um yeah, it was great. And um I think that my overall thoughts are decent ending, very marvelish ending for me compared to how I thought it started out as a very unique, uh different sort of show for them, which was somewhat disappointing in a way. And I don't think they delivered on everything that they teased. Uh, but yeah, overall, I was really happy with it. And most importantly, I think it gave Wanda a great character arc. Well said,
0: and My spoiler-free thoughts. I think this was a great show. I think we're definitely going to get into some negatives when we can dive into spoilers. Um, I-, I think that it's interesting this was the leadoff show for the MCU. I know it was supposed to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we're going to get uh, you know, in a couple weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, this seemed like a very bizarre start to Phase 4. Now, bizarre does not mean bad. I think it was an awesome, unique, fresh start to Phase Four, but just not something I would imagine uh, being the leadoff. So I kind of like that, but I also think it might be a little bit of a hindrance to uh, a lot of people. And we're going to get into some of the the listener comments who had some problems with how this show started off. I think that's one of the biggest hurdles to get over. Is is if you didn't know what to expect with the show, and I don't even want to say if you didn't know what to expect, even if you did know what to expect, I think the first few episodes are kind of a very polarizing, um, can you stick with this or will you jump ship? If you stuck with it, I think you're going to be very happy. The funny thing is, and this is what I can't wait to talk about, is just the totally different reactions on people when the shift happens as far as when we kind of break out of the sitcom world and kind of get more into the real world uh, it's wild how some people love that, some people hated that and uh, I think that's a testament to a great show is just the fact that you can watch the same thing and kind of come away with so many different opinions and, and just you know, ideas on what was right and what was wrong um, Great Mystery As you said, the strength of this show, though, was not the mystery. It was definitely the characters of Wanda and Vision uh, right there in the title. What they did with Wanda's character is unbelievable. It's exactly, exactly what I was hoping for when I heard this show was announced. You take a character that didn't get a lot of... You know moments to shine didn't get too much backstory, and you just elevate them to where now people are saying she is one of my favorite characters in the m c u and that's awesome,
1: yeah, absolutely um <clears throat> I mean, I think I would agree with that. I feel like Wanda is now. And it's kind of unfair because now she's had like four plus hours of her own story, you know what I mean, to really flesh her out. And since up until now, they've only been doing movies like very few other characters have really gotten that much dedicated time uh, to really, you know, putting into their stories. And so she probably is now a lot of a lot of people's uh, favorite character just because you can really relate to her now and her backstory and what she's been through.
0: I, I kind of agree with that, but the flip side is you look at, like, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, they all had trilogies, you know what I mean? Even characters like Ant-Man and Wasp, I mean, they had two movies to kind of establish what's going on. Really, Wanda has never had her own movie, you know? So it's like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really look at her as, like, getting more attention, more backstory than the other characters. I just look at it as, like, finally she got her moment to shine.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess what I'm thinking is like now she has as much to go off on as those characters who got trilogies. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not as if she is like Spider-Man after having one Spider-Man movie. It feels like we've known her for quite a while now after just one season of a show, like the equivalent of like Captain America after three movies. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, final spoiler-free thoughts. I I would definitely check this out really unique fun show i think you got to be patient and i think the biggest thing don't project your own ideas on what you want this show to be just let the show be what it is enjoy it for what it is and i think you're gonna have a great time uh what
1: if what if you're a listener and you've never seen a single other marvel product no forget (laughs) about it no point in watching it
0: all absolutely no point no okay Okay. I, i don't think so do you
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that, Um, which is like you could say it's a strength or a weakness of the show. Um, I think it totally relies on having a prior understanding of really a lot of things, like even somewhat obscure things in the whole movie uh, history. So, yeah, I agree. If you haven't seen it, then I don't think you should check this out.
0: Cason, let's dive right into spoilers. So that's our final spoiler-free thoughts. If you haven't seen the show, definitely check it out. If you're not a fan of the MCU, probably not going to be your cup of tea. But uh, this show did a lot a lot of things right, uh, and we're going to talk. Again, I can't talk about too many of the negatives and really too much of my of my big-time praise without spoiling anything. So, Cason, you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Cason, put your bathing suit on. We're going into the spoiler pool. Here we go. Cason, so... Ralph Boner, what's up with this guy? You like it, you don't like it? What's going on with Ralph Boner?
1: Uh I hate it. <laughs> uh, I think it's terrible. I, I think it's one of the worst things they did. Um I really have no problem with them choosing to not bring Pietro back. Like that's fine. I like I think that people were overly hyped about the idea of them introducing the multiverse and especially the super unlikely idea that That they would actually bring in the Fox X-Men when I feel like Kevin Feige is pretty well known to not want anything to do with other studios like pre-existing property, (laughs) given the way he's treated, let's say, like the, you know, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show and stuff like that. Yeah. So, or even
0: even like uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and stuff. Right. Seems- oh, I mean,
1: although now there's some question as to the reemergence of those characters, right? But, yeah. um, we'll hey, Cason,
0: the funny thing is, though, when I asked you that question, I was kind of joking. Like, I was going to save that for later. But we can definitely oh. talk about Pietro right now if you want to, if you just want to dive right into the controversy.
1: Oh, no, I don't care. I didn't realize you were joking at all, but we can save it if you want.
0: Yeah, let's save it. Let's save it okay. as we kind of break down these episodes. But yeah, Cason, so I, I guess. I want to talk about a few things. We're going to go through the episodes and kind of talk about how we felt. Um, I I guess let's do that and we'll kind of get into some of my questions as far as were these positives or negatives. But uh, before we start, before we go into the episodes, let's talk about the release format because I think that's a big topic of conversation. We talked about that a lot as the show was airing. Is this a show that is better, you think, to binge watch all nine episodes back to back to back to back? or do you like the week to week schedule did you think that hurt it or do you think it helped it
1: um i think it helps the show from a marketability standpoint to release it week to week because it gets people talking about it it increases awareness you know if it's week 3 or 4 it allows people to catch up on it right and kind of like join the the hype <laughs> that's building um But personally, in terms of actual viewing experience, I think a binge format would have been preferable to me or maybe like three batches of three episodes, something like that, you know, Um, to the like week to week, 23 minute release
0: vibe. Yeah, we talked about that. And that's the next thing we'll get into is episode length. I know you were every single week, Kaysen, you were like checking like how long are these episodes? How long are these episodes? I kept telling you, Kaysen, you just got to relax, man. Just let let the episodes be as long as they're going to be. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. The week to week format to me is a positive. It definitely builds momentum. It definitely gets people talking. When you, when you drop something all at the same time, you look at a lot of Netflix shows like The Witcher, um, even like Haunting of Bly Manor and things we really loved. It's like the buzz for those shows is literally like a week, if that, you know, like yeah. people are talking about these shows for a week and then it's on to the next thing. And it's like that is the advantage of doing week by week. It's like you get people every single week tuning in, talking about your show. Um, Obviously, it's helpful for subscriptions because people have to keep their subscription that whole time. I just think with this show, in the beginning, I thought, I don't know. Like maybe they should have just dropped this all at once because like you said, the episodes were incredibly short and very like – entertaining and bizarre but almost in a way where it's like man I don't know if enough people are going to stick around and watch this especially yeah. especially the first two episodes <laughs> you know like
1: which were the only ones that were released at the beginning
0: yeah exactly i loved i mean i love those first two episodes but i could definitely imagine people just being like what is this you know like this yeah. this is not for me uh But I think ultimately it's a good thing. Now, the problem with the week-to-week release is that everybody speculates, everybody theorizes. You have so many people, like we talked about before, projecting their own wants and, and ideas onto the show. And it almost becomes something where it's like, the show is no longer its own thing. It's now been taken over by YouTubers, podcasters, people theorizing what they want. And when they don't get that, they look at it like the show did something wrong.
1: Yeah, I think it's a gamble to release it week to week because I feel like it it sets itself up for more disappointment or more payoff, right? Like it can either make the hype better and then people are even happier when it's over if they liked it, or if they crash and burn, then people are more angry at the show because they invested like more of their time into thinking about it, right? I think that's kind of the trade-off.
0: Absolutely, yeah, but like we talked about, with nine episodes, I feel like it was still good okay because you know if you're if it's a multi-season show like something like lost game of thrones where there's so much speculation and buzz and then it disappoints you oh man you know people people are like needing therapy for for years because they invested so much nine episodes is kind of like okay if you didn't get what you want i don't think too many people are devastated like they were with you know the lost final season game of thrones whatever you want to say
1: right right
0: Anyway, so yeah, ultimately, I think week to week was good. I think I like that idea. Again, it just gets the buzz, gets people talking. And, and ultimately, it's more fun. It's just more fun every week to have something to talk about.
1: Do you think that all of the buzz and speculation in people talking about the show was mostly because of the format of the show? That they almost set it up as this like mystery, like X-Files type thing? Like, what is going on? Or I guess more like a Twilight Zone type thing? Or do you think there would have been that level of talk and speculation even if it was like a Falcon Winter
0: Soldier type, you know, thing? I I, I think... A little bit of both. Like I think it definitely helped. It was such a bizarre kind of weird show that did have a mystery element to it. That's something we're going to talk about when we dive into the episodes. To me, this show started off very like heavy on the mystery, very heavy on the intrigue. And it's almost like as it went on, I feel like to me, it became a little more apparent. It's not really that type of show. Yeah. Like, you know, all these little clues and Easter eggs, those are fun, but it just felt like as it went along, and that's why I wasn't disappointed by anything. I just enjoyed it for what it was. It didn't feel like it was trying to be something like lost or trying to be something like dark on, you know, on Netflix like this. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of felt like it is a little weird, but ultimately it's a pretty straightforward story as far as what's happening. Right. Um. Anyway, Kason, last thing I want to talk about before we dive into uh, you know these episodes and kind of go through and just give our thoughts on actual plot and uh, characters and all that good stuff. Did you think this felt cinematic? Because one of the big things Kevin Feige kept saying with the MCU, uh, with these shows, he wanted them to feel like movies, like you could not tell the difference. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Real quick, I-, I will say, this was a hard show to judge in a way because it was structured like a sitcom. So it's almost like by definition, it was trying to look like a TV show, if that makes sense. But when it went big, did you think it delivered?
1: It's tricky. Um, I do not think it felt like a Marvel movie. I don't. I think it felt like a really high-end, high-budget TV show. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to distinguish. You know, like, that's not necessarily an insult. But even in the finale, I don't necessarily think that it felt as big and
0: epic as and grand as, like, a Marvel movie finale. But See, the the tough thing is, I agree with you completely. But the problem is, it's so hard to separate if that was, I don't want to say intentional. But it's almost like, because the show was so bizarre with the sitcom format, it's almost like... It felt appropriate for, like, how the show played out, if that makes sense. You know, it, it felt like, okay, mm. yeah, it is breaking the the reality and kind of going back into the real world that we're used to, but it's like it felt appropriate in scope and size and everything, and even the goofiness with Agatha having a witch fight with, with Wanda. It it didn't feel like a movie, you're right, but it felt like it belonged with the show. Maybe. And, and that's I, why I actually I, don't
1: know if I agree with that, but
0: really? continue. That's why I think like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to feel very cinematic because that's just such a totally different type of vibe that I, I feel like that's going to feel more like this is a film.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I do agree. I liked the ending of the show, but I definitely think they took it in a direction that you would not have anticipated the show to end that way. Just based on like the first three episodes of the show. Or, like, if you hadn't known that it was a Marvel product, right? Like, yeah. to me, it felt very, like, okay, we have to have this big action climax. Um, and, it, like, it felt a little bit more, like, phase one or phase two Marvel finale. Uh, you know, in its, like, effects and in kind of what was happening, almost more, like, the ending of, like, Iron Man 3 or something, as opposed to the ending of, like, the more recent movies, which have been a little bit more visually amazing and creative to me. But uh it was still cool, but you know, you have to accept that it was like a lot of lasers and flying around and things crashing around.
0: Which is yeah. fun. Yeah. We're going to get into that. and let's dive right into these episodes. Does that sound good? Sure. We can sure. start talking about plot, start talking about the acting because there's a lot of things I want to say about these characters and just about the performances and all this stuff. Casey, the debut week of this show, we got two episodes. We got episode 1 and 2. First episode's titled Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience, which I love. And the second episode is called Don't Touch That Dial. Yep. Uh, great episode titles throughout the entire season. What did you think? I know you went in hyped as hell. I went in hyped as hell. What do you think about these first two episodes? Let's talk about what happens. Let's talk about just the overall vibe, obviously imitating the, uh, the what, 50s and 60s in these yeah. episodes. What do you think?
1: Um, I, I'm <clears throat> sorry. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I definitely went in excited, but I think it totally exceeded my expectations. Um, I did not realize how much they were going to nail the sitcom vibes. I did not realize how much I was going to like just like the goofy humor of the sitcoms. I think the writing was so good. I thought they stood on their own as great throwback sitcom episodes you know what i mean like even if you take out the weird marvel stuff and then it was just right up my alley like throwing in just enough kind of weird creepiness to be like oh what is happening and then it just kind of sets a tone for all of the funny stuff happening in the rest of the episode that gives you a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling and i thought they just nailed it Dude, I I
0: absolutely – I loved it, man. Like I remember texting you the first like five minutes of the premiere and I was like, this is insane. Yeah, I loved it. It felt so legit. It felt so like well-crafted, well-written. It just felt like it was taken from another era. And I mean now we can obviously rave about Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, but especially Elizabeth Olsen. Oh my lord. I mean what she does in this entire series, but especially in these first two episodes, she is so – good in that first episode just playing this like 1960s housewife it's perfect and I was immediately in love with just the idea of her getting to stretch her acting chops and just kind of go through these different eras and just show what she can do it was awesome
1: yeah she was phenomenal I mean really both of them were just like slipping right into those genres i think um yeah
0: and the other the other thing that i love i love so much because i wasn't sure how it was going to play out and i love the fact that in the sitcom they were their characters like they had superpowers they were trying mm -hmm. to hide them he was vision she was you know wanda it was so cool and like the comedy was so real and funny because of just kind of the like that it's like, obviously, we never had an old sitcom like that where people had superpowers. So right. the fact that we saw kind of this modern Marvel esque, like powers and characters we know put into this world where they were trying to hide them, it was, I loved it. A lot of that comedy with like Vision being at work, all the jokes about him being a robot or a computer, uh, yeah. it was great.
1: Yeah. And Katherine Hahn, right? Was like perfect. I mean, she could have stepped right out of one of those shows.
0: Uh, yeah. Awesome case and let's talk about katherine Hahn. i mean i couldn't imagine a more perfect casting choice for like the nosy neighbor yeah you know i agree mm-hmm. so good like as soon as you hear that she was cast as like the sitcom neighbor it's just like of course absolutely
1: yeah and i mean i think that you know before anything else even started happening with her character like she was already notably awesome right <laughs> like a, a, an amazing addition to the cast
0: yeah, really loved what she did. Cason, let's talk about that scene in the first episode where they're at the dinner table with uh, Vision's boss, right, and his wife. Yeah. That was the first time, I think, we really saw any kind of break in the sitcom, in the premiere episode. And I remember being like, okay, this is very creepy. And I was <laughs> really digging it, dude. Just the way the, the, the boss's wife, who was, I think, uh, that 70s show, right? The mom from that Correct. 70s show? Yep, Exactly. The way she was like awkwardly saying like, stop it, as she was like half crying, half laughing as her husband was choking at the table, it was so creepy and it was just such a, and that's what I think the, the all the sitcom episodes did so well. They commit so hard to the sitcom format that when they break that, even in the slightest, it feels so off-putting in a good way because of the fact that it feels so sitcom-y. If that makes sense. So it's like, you know, they commit so hard that this the slightest uh, alteration to that feels crazy.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, I feel like we should just give a shout out as well to the cinematography and the camera work. Like, it's so, it's something that a lot of people probably don't even think about or notice, but like, I love the way that they kind of, Play with the camera angles and like how during that scene right we get much more close up like intimate shots of the characters than we had been getting the whole episode because prior to that the whole thing was filmed as if it was in front of a studio audience right like from up from the side of the stage but then during that dinner table scene it's really off-putting because now we're like up in Wanda's face right and we're like up close to this dude choking it's it really Makes an impact in that way, I think, too. Yeah,
0: not only the camera work, but also just the acting. Like, the performance from Elizabeth Olsen, again, just that moment of switching it up, turning off her 1960s housewife charm, and just looking at Vision and saying, Vision, help him. It was like, man, you just feel the difference. And it's like, this is awesome. Uh, So I was really into that, and and obviously, I want to give a shout out to the incredible scene of her cooking dinner in the kitchen. It's like so charming. So awesome to see her using her powers, uh, combined with these, you know, old school sitcom tropes. I loved it.
1: Yeah. Those were, uh, it was a great one, two punch premiere of episodes, I think for sure.
0: Uh, yeah. And the second episode, the main thing that stands out to me, obviously the second episode, I love the magic show again, just so charming, like really just in enjoyable to kind of sit there and laugh at. Uh, but how about vision swallowing the gum and going into the animated sequence of the gum going down his like mechanical <laughs> like rotors or you know whatever you want to call them like gears and, and all that stuff
1: yeah it was great super creative um i love that they went with the 2d animation and kind of the old like Hanna barbara style um yes it was, it was really good and,
0: and that also makes me uh like, I want to mention, we're going to talk about the theme songs after we wrap this up. To me, I love the second episode theme song. It was animated. This is the one where, like, they kept saying WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just felt so, like, appropriate for the era of the 60s. Uh, so, really loved it. Any other takeaways from the yeah. second episode?
1: Uh, No, I thought it was great.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. The, here's the thing, though. Obviously, we're not going to break down plot by plot, but what was your overall feelings after these two episodes aired? Because I know a lot of people, even people who ended up loving the show, did was were not on board after this premiere week.
1: Uh yeah, I definitely was not one of those people, <laughs> which is probably but why I'm one of the people that you know is on the other side of the fence, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But yeah, I loved this vibe. I thought it was awesome. I was like, let's go slow. I'm really digging the sitcom stuff, like no need to rush it. You know what I mean? That was my feeling, but
0: case in the second episode, we also get that great ending where everything becomes colorized, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: So that was really cool. That leads us into the third episode, which is called now in color appropriate. We move into the seventies. Um, this is the episode where Wanda's pregnant, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that was interesting. I think this episode was cool just for the ending because to me this was the uh this was like obviously the ending we get with Monica Rambo who at the time I think was referred to as Geraldine like right. inside the but this was the first time we really saw everything break the end of this episode when uh obviously we get the insane sequence where uh not only is Vision outside talking to Catherine Hahn the neighbor Uh, in kind of the first time we see him kind of catching on that something's not right, but we also see Wanda obviously confronting Monica and basically saying like, don't ever mention Ultron around me again.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, It definitely digs in the mystery more, um, which is a great hook at the end of the episode. And I think a lot of people were saying they wish they had released all three of the first three back to back because this one definitely, Uh, dives in more to the, you know, tearing away from the sitcom aspect. Um, But I also loved the entire labor sequence in this episode, right? Where she's like losing control of the magic and like the pelican is running around and Monica is like visiting her on the couch. I love that whole
0: scene. Yeah, awesome, dude. It was crazy. And then you find out that her her babies are the ones causing all the chaos because they have her powers.
1: Right. And that they're twins.
0: (laughs) Billy and Tommy, dude. Yep. Uh yeah, so that was really cool. But hey, Kason, one thing we forgot to mention—sorry—that I want to go back. What did you think of the beekeeper scene? When I think that was episode two, right? When the guy crawls out of the sewer, he's covered in bees. Yeah,
1: that was awesome. I mean, like I think we talked about it. That was like something out of a Kojima video game or something. Like just like random. Lynch. Yeah, random bizarre occurrence.
0: Yeah, super creepy. So I think the main takeaway, these first few episodes to me, I love them. I love the commitment to the sitcom format, but I was feeling like, and I know we talked about this, I started feeling like, okay, maybe we need to pull back the curtain now. Like we, we committed so hard to these sitcoms. Like maybe we need to kind of show the outside world and show what's going on with that. You didn't really agree. Uh,
1: correct. I did not. I think I would have liked it if we just stayed inside of the the false reality and kept that perspective throughout the show. I think that would have made it more mysterious. Um, yeah,
0: but to me, the thing is, like, I understand. Uh, in a in a if it was a different show, I would agree with you. I think when you're the MCU and you're trying to appeal to like as many people as you possibly can, it's just a tough ask to think that the show would stay that committed. Yeah, you know, I get it. They um, just didn't have the guts. <laughs> they didn't have, Feige didn't have the guts to do it. Cause I'm, I agree with you, dude. I would, I thought it would be awesome. And we'll talk about it once we wrap up all these episodes, if that would have, like, how that would have changed the show. But we, of course, move into the fourth episode, which was titled, We Interrupt This Program. And man, oh man, Kazen. I remember texting you after I watched this and I said this is the episode we've been waiting for. Foolish episode. (laughs) Foolishly including you. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, It's funny, though. Looking back, I definitely overhyped it, like now that I see it in the grand context of the show. But to me, it was very refreshing because I wanted the curtain to be pulled back. I wanted to see what was going on outside of Westview, outside of this world. And this was the episode. This was all about SWORD, all about Monica Rambeau, all about people finding out what Wanda was up to and a uh, very, very divisive episode. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay, so let's turn it over to our boy Christian Ubius from the uh, Cinema Drip podcast. He wrote in, he has some very, very specific comments for this fourth episode. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to read all this because he wrote me a uh, War and Peace novel. <laughs> but uh, let me just give a little bit of Christian's thoughts in this fourth episode. Yeah, go for it. He said, I think episode four is a black mark on this show and ruined the genius of it. And I hate episode four. (laughs) And then in all caps, he said, I hate it so much with a passion. Wow. Let me explain. The beauty of the show was how it was an exploration of form, a deconstruction of genre. In presenting the sitcom format and dropping a sole clue each episode as to what was going on, there was masterful suspense built in. Just like in a sitcom, you had to tune in each week to see how the family would hold up under the new mess of the week. We had to tune in each week to see what would happen to Vision and Wanda. But it was only the odd piece of dialogue, the occasional joke, the random shot, the splash of red without us realizing it. The audience had taken the role of vision. We didn't know anything and neither, or he didn't know anything and neither did we. And that was beautiful and how patient it was to reveal stuff to us.
1: Then he basically
0: goes on to say episode four sucks because it kind of did away with all that. Um, okay. Well, Christian harsh words for episode four. I think Kaysen maybe agrees with you. I do not, but Kaysen, what do you think of that?
1: Uh, I don't know if I hated it as much as he did, but I completely agree with literally everything you just said, other than the fact that, uh, he hated it and that it's a black mark on the show. But I mean, I totally agree. I think, I think the first three episodes were like an amazing format that I wish they would have stuck to longer. And I wish that all of the reveals would have come from the perspective of, you know, a helpless bystander of whatever Wanda was doing rather than being like, oh, now we're going to show you
0: exactly what's going on. I don't know. It's, it's tricky. Kason, our boy Matthew Keller writes in, he has a little bit different of an opinion. He says, I really think that the first four episodes should have been condensed into two. I loved how it all played out, but I'm sure there were a lot of people that turned it off halfway through episode three. I don't want to recommend a show and say that you have to just make it through the fourth episode. Hmm. I mean that's So too- see to him to him, which at the time I was not thinking this as extreme as that, but like I was thinking this fourth episode was gonna be like a breath of fresh air for a lot of people because they knew there was something more than just this sitcom format. They knew there was something behind the curtain. Well, yeah, and, like,
1: I totally understand that, and I definitely had friends who didn't really like the first few episodes that much, and I don't think they're wrong. Like, I totally get it. Um, I just think that is one of the reasons why it's a weird show, you know? Because, like, it seems like they're going for this concept that is kind of cool and new and different where you're like, oh, I like this, and I get that some other people might not like it, but I appreciate that they're taking this risk. And then I feel like in episode four, they're just like, Oh, never mind. Like, you know, like they're trying to like win everybody back. Like, don't worry, like we still got goofy magic guy and you know, like we still got, you know, all Cat Denning showing up. Exactly. Which I like that stuff, but it feels like a hard pivot back into Marvel land, you know? Yeah. Oh, like don't it feels like a like a nostalgia grip. Like, oh, you thought this was gonna be weird, don't worry, we have all the stuff for you like, you know, typical Marvel fans too.
0: And, and that's the funny thing about this episode in particular, and just kind of thinking of those comments. It's like, I love the Marvel formula, but when you think of this show, and we're going to talk about SWORD next, and just how we feel about the inclusion of SWORD, all the stuff that happened outside of the HEX, but it's like, when you think of this show, you're going to think of the sitcom stuff. Like, that's what makes it special. That's what makes it unique. That's and what makes Wanda. It- yeah, and, and Wanda, Vision, like, who are yeah, like not like that, even in this episode. <laughs> that's what makes it uh, memorable. And it's like all the stuff outside the hex, while not terrible, it was very, very like kind of stagnant, run-of-the-mill stuff. I liked finding out about Monica. We can talk about her character. I like the idea of S.W.O.R.D. It's just like this episode... Maybe at the time was refreshing to a lot of people, but looking back, it kind of, like you just said, it kind of broke the it kind of broke the streak of like this is something very bizarre and special.
1: Yeah, to me, looking back on it after having finished the show, this is for sure the weakest episode.
0: But I mean, it is what it is. Kason, let's talk about that insane opening though of Monica coming back from the blip. Oh yeah, that was amazing. awesome awesome opening sequence you can't deny that especially when everything we've seen up to this point has been in the sitcom world to see like a very cinematic looking opening where it's like holy shit like we're back you know what i mean like we're back in the real stuff it was cool i like seeing her character i like the fact that she is the little girl from captain marvel all grown up yeah really yeah. cool connective tissue there um and obviously a lot of a lot of stuff with her mom who uh obviously was a main character in Captain Marvel i'm blanking on her name right now what's uh what Monica's mom's name something uh like. i don't know
1: <laughs> doesn't that's our captain Ka- marvel one time
0: kason it doesn't matter because she's dead yeah uh and monica's very sad about it but yeah great introduction Something to this photon
1: character. something right that was on the plaque
0: Yeah, yeah, she had a nickname. I mean, look, Photon's a pretty badass nickname. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like this episode for that. Kason, what do you think of, uh, I guess let's talk about Monica real quick. What do you think of Tiana Paris as as an actress, and what do you think of the character of Monica Rambo throughout this series?
1: She was fine. Uh, I liked her a lot at the beginning. Then I thought she was interesting, but kind of just became like a part of the side sword storyline. Um, I like the episode where she gets her powers going through the wall, but then after that, I feel like she didn't really do anything and she kind of annoyed me in the end. So I would say overall net neutral on her.
0: Yeah, I think she was okay. I actually agree with you. She was much more likeable. I don't want to say likable. She was just much more engaging to me in the beginning. I feel like she, this might be. Insulting. She very much felt like a television actress.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like well, she
0: very. You go ahead, go ahead. Go she ahead. very much felt like someone that would be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or like an ABC show where like she was likable and charming, but also a little too. And I know you can say this about a lot of people in the MCU, but like a little too kind of like over the top in some of her stuff. I don't know. I need to see more of her before I really make a decision, but obviously she was fine. She wasn't. I didn't think she was fantastic. I didn't think she was terrible.
1: Yeah. I thought she was a good actor. Um, I agree. I feel like her character felt like a television character. Um, I liked her though. Like I thought she did a really good job as Geraldine, right? Like in the yes, Hex. Yes. Um, like her performance, like I said, in that labor and delivery scene was, was great. Um, and I think that she had some great moments. Like, you know, I just think that she didn't get a lot to work with really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cason, the worst thing she did in the entire show is when she broke through the hex, which was amazing, and we heard all those voiceovers of, like, you know, through her life. You know I love some, like, flashback voiceovers, <laughs> Uh So we saw that. That was awesome. But then her plan is, okay, I need to go talk to Wanda and calm her down and try to convince her that, like, I'm here to help. So what's Monica's genius plan? How about I sprint into Wanda's house like a lunatic and immediately start screaming at her about how like they're here to take vision, you know, stuff about Ultron, basically just pissing her off in three seconds. Yeah, not a great plan. I'm like, why wouldn't you go in the house and calmly be like, hey, Wanda, I just want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah. I didn't like that. Anyway, Cason, uh, what do you think of the return of our boy Jimmy? Is his name Jimmy Wu? <laughs> yeah, that's dude, I think so. Jimmy Wu and Darcy Lewis from uh, Thor and Ant-Man, respectively. Or Ant-Man and Thor, respectively, I should say.
1: Yeah, once again, I feel like this is another thing where I liked having them in there. I was excited at the time to see them. But then, now that the show's over, it's just kind of like, eh, like, uh, very unnecessary.
0: <laughs> but... It's fine. It's a Marvel thing to do. I do like that my man Jimmy Woo came out and immediately broke out the card trick that he learned in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is yeah, true. Like, Kat Dennings is very hit or miss to me. Like, she's one of those people that is just so, so, like, comic real. Like, she is, like, the definition of Marvel formula. Yeah. Like, let's take this kind of goofy side character and literally their entire character is just saying like one-liners, you know, that are kind of like, okay.
1: I guess to me, I thought when we first saw them in that fourth episode that it was cool because they were taking these random one-off side characters and like giving them a bigger role in the show, you know, now that they had like more time to work with. And then I feel like by the end, it felt more like, okay, they just put them in there as side characters again, (laughs) you know, like they really didn't develop them or grow them at all.
0: Well, let's just talk about S.W.O.R.D. in general, which is kind of the alternative to uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. S.W.O.R.D. obviously deals, as they say in the show, with off-world incidents. Um, They're kind of this big government agency. Uh, Wait, they do?
1: Yeah. I thought they dealt with, like, sentient weapons.
0: Well, sentient is... Wait, am I confused? I I thought director Hayward or whatever told Monica in this episode that, like they deal like all the other people are off world or something and that was always like monica's dream to like go off world as well
1: hmm i'm not sure i i I thought shield was the alien division and sword was like dealing with uh people who are you know like living weapons
0: (laughs) okay i don't know i don't care but okay uh the point is I like S.W.O.R.D. as an organization, but I feel like in this show, the reason it didn't click for me after this fourth episode is because it was so stagnant. Like, everything was S.W.O.R.D., it, there was no movement to it. It was like, every time we cut to them, same thing. They're just sitting around in a tent like a bunch of dicks.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was, I mean, You it know, kind it, of-
0: it was like, there, there was just no movement to it. It was so like, okay, like, you're not—until the finale, like, you're not really doing anything.
1: Yeah, it was just a plot device, but it's okay. It gave it gave a little bit of escape from the from the hex, I guess. And it did allow for some really cool scenes like in the fifth episode, which we'll get to.
0: Yeah. The fifth episode titled on a very special episode, uh, man, this was a special episode. This was definitely one of the highlights of the show. I thought the reason the fifth episode worked so well, which captured the eighties vibes perfectly, the hair, the costumes, just the camera work. It was awesome, but it perfectly mixed the sitcom with the sword stuff like in and out of the hex.
1: Uh, yeah, this was my favorite episode at the time for sure. Um, Most notably for the scene when Wanda leaves the hex to go confront the sword people. Uh, That was really cool to see her basically totally acknowledging what's going on. Um, And then also the ending of the episode when the credits start to roll and she stops them. Um, Oh, man. So good. That was great.
0: Yeah, it was great. Well, wait, she doesn't stop. Doesn't Vision stop them? Or I guess, yeah, they. I don't think he can stop them, them, but
1: yeah, he leaves the room and
0: cuts it off. See, so creative, dude. Like that that's one of the best examples of using the sitcom format to perfection. It's like we get the end credits rolling over the, you know, over the screen, and Vision basically says, "No, no, no. Like I'm not going to let this episode wrap up. Like we're going to have a conversation about this." And how awesome was it seeing them both hover over the sofa ready to like basically fight each other?
1: Yeah, it was great. Uh yeah. Great great moment.
0: Really cool. This is also when we see the kids start to like rapidly grow up
1: uh yes exactly right? is this the dog episode yeah right
0: uh this is the dog episode but is this i'm just trying to think is this when sparky dies yeah i'll say
1: yeah, that you're episode. right
0: you're right yep Cason. but obviously the big big reveal in this episode is the very end we get the knock on the door we get none other than my man ralph boner right <laughs> yeah we do Cason, what did you think of Evan Peters coming back as Quicksilver? Obviously, a lot of people hyped as hell about this. A lot of speculation. This I think is a lot of people's biggest disappointment of the show is that Evan Peters as Quicksilver ended up ended up not being the Fox Quicksilver, but ended up being a guy named Ralph Boner.
1: Yeah, because at the time this was like a huge thing online. Like people were going crazy about it. I knew a lot of people that weren't even watching the show that had heard about this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I hear that like X-Men Quicksilver is like in WandaVision. And so I think it just totally was misleading, (laughs) which I think is Disney's fault. So I really uh, don't have too much sympathy for them that people are mad.
0: Yeah, I think it was misleading and I, I cannot blame people for getting their hopes up and getting upset. But to me, I always said this to you, I don't know if I like the idea of Kevin Feige using Fox characters in the MCU like as great as Evan Peters was as Quicksilver definitely one of the highlights of like the Fox X-Men but it's like do I want that crossover I mean I want Feige to do his own thing with his own actors so I was always totally cool with Evan Peters which is what ended up happening just being like a really fun kind of wink wink to the audience here's a cool cameo from like the Fox you know Evan Peters but He's not actually that Quicksilver.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that decision too to not bring them in. I just think it's sort of foolish of them to strongly hint at that <laughs> to for people that probably are big fans of the Fox X-Men, right? And would have loved if that character was in this. Uh, I
0: agree, but we talked about this. If you're going to bring Quicksilver back into the show, which I thought was a cool, I, I liked it. I like him kind of being the cool Uncle Jesse type uh, yeah. coming in. And it also, yeah, I, I guess my point is they either, they can't cast Aaron Taylor Johnson because that Pietro is dead. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes no sense. Well, so, so, is, the,
1: you, so is the Evan Peters one,
0: right? Uh, is he dead in the Fox movies?
1: Oh, I thought so. I mean, maybe I'm wrong.
0: I don't think he died. I, I, I don't know. know. I didn't, I didn't see even him. see all those. <laughs> yeah. But I guess the thing is, it's like you either cast some random actor, like imagine like Zac Efron shows up and he's like, I'm Quicksilver. <laughs> And it's like, okay, what? Or you have some fun with it and you cast someone that you know the fans love.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: I don't know. I did not mind that at all. I get people's grievances. But to me, it's like, I want Feige to do his own thing. Don't bring those Fox characters over. And let's just see Evan Peters one more time have some fun. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And he was great. I mean, what did you think of his performance? This will lead us into the next Halloween episode, episode six. But what did you think of him in this episode, which is really kind of his, you know, big episode?
1: He was amazing. Yeah, he was the perfect goofy uncle, cool uncle that the kids liked. It definitely was a full house, um, I think, you know, homage. uh, And I think it worked really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The sixth episode, we kind of moved into more of like the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s with that Malcolm in the Middle vibe. Uh, again, just such a great like tonal shift and so much commitment to it. Uh, and we're going to talk about the theme songs, like I said, but I really love this one. Very in your face, very Malcolm in the Middle.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Kason, what did you think of the end of this episode when Vision breaks through the barrier? Uh, in his Halloween costume, right? Or, well, I guess he's not in his Halloween costume when he breaks through, but uh, he did break through and ends up just getting ripped apart, showing us he can't leave.
1: It was great. I loved the visual effects of that moment. Um, I thought it was great how that's how they showed that Billy had the power to use, like, you know, telepathy or whatever. Um, yeah, and obviously it gave us the great cliffhanger ending of Wanda freezing everyone inside and expanding her domain
0: Kason, this is also the episode where Monica says she has an aerospace engineer friend, which everyone got excited about. Everyone thought, could it be Reed Richards from the fantastic four? And this is bizarre to me. I don't know what they were thinking with this one. I mean, why would you set up a mystery like this? Knowing people are going to watch the show, trying to pick this apart and have zero resolution. I don't even know
1: what the resolution was.
0: Like, I, I, I'm, so, yeah. I'm so
1: confused. Who, who was it?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think yeah. there was an answer. Like Monica says, I have an aerospace engineer friend who can help us. We're going to go meet him, blah, blah, blah. She never meets anybody for, to my knowledge. Like, does she? I don't think she meets any guy.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. And Yeah, she never even utilizes something that would require an aerospace engineer, right? Like she goes and gets that tank from the military, but...
0: Is that what she was referring to? Well, that doesn't seem like like
1: it would take an aerospace engineer, but I don't know.
0: (laughs) I have no idea. It was wild. I didn't like that. Not because it wasn't Reed Richards or someone crazy, just because it was absolutely un answered like it was just something that you left this little thing dangling and like uh I guess there is no aerospace engineer forget we said that
1: uh yeah exactly i didn't
0: like that monica rambo
1: well what are you going to do i think disney was dropping a lot of hints that are regrettable
0: See, but like as the show was going on, I don't know if you felt this way. We talked about this. It To me, it became obvious this is not that type of show. This is not the type of show. Not the type of show quit.
1: where they answer obvious questions that they brought up intentionally?
0: No, no, no. Not that. <laughs> I just mean in general, like the bigger mysteries and stuff. It seemed like in the beginning we were really trying to pick apart the Easter eggs and all this stuff. And it's like as it went on, I started feeling more and more like I still really like this, but it feels way less like meticulously we're supposed to dissect every little thing, you know?
1: I agree, but I'm fine with Easter eggs being Easter eggs. But I think it's another thing to have like obvious plot points be unresolved. <laughs> you right, know, like yeah. I, I feel like there has to be some level of trust and communication between uh, a showrunner or writer in the audience where like you have to be able to pick up what things are significant enough to get answers. You know, I feel like that's almost like the unspoken language of a good show is when you're like, oh, that thing that's referenced is obviously going to pay off somehow. Kind of like the Ralph thing, right? Like even no matter what you thought of the Ralph answer, like she mentioned her husband Ralph enough times for us to know, okay, like they have to show us who Ralph is because otherwise why would they write that into the show? Correct. And I feel like it's a similar thing with the aerospace engineer where it's like, why would you even have her say that? Like, you know, if you weren't going to
0: show it. Yeah, especially because you have to have an idea that, like, everyone's going to want to know who that is. Yeah, exactly. So, I agree. Very bizarre. We never found—R.I.P. to the aerospace engineer, wherever you are.
1: If you know who it was supposed to be, please let us know. Because I don't think it was that military lady, but a lot of people think it was. So. Well, I thought uh, she said guy. She did, but who knows? <laughs> Monica who says knows? what she was
0: and hey, so next episode, episode seven, is called Breaking the Fourth Wall. This is when we really get into the mockumentary vibes, the modern family, the office. Um, what did you think of this episode? I liked it, but I also felt like at this point, it needed... I almost feel like this episode needed to go a little harder.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, definitely a lot of setup happening in this episode, a lot of getting characters to where they needed to go. This was, I believe, the Monica Power episode, right? Um, Uh, Which was cool. So I think that was the most significant part of the episode, aside from the Agatha reveal. But otherwise, yeah, like not too much really happened in this episode.
0: I also felt like this episode seemed the least... um it was still great. I mean, this is get, don't get me wrong, but like this seemed to be the least comfortable, which is weird for Elizabeth Olsen to play.
1: Yeah, like, I agree. It,
0: I agree. It seemed a little too like forced to me. Like it. Whereas I know it's funny because obviously everything is like a big over the top character, but like this seemed a little bit too like uh, I don't know what the word is. It just didn't really feel as maybe charming as it could have, or like as clever as it could have.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not familiar enough with Modern Family to be able to really, like, you know, resonate Although, with what, with
0: the vibe. I will say this had one of the best lines in the entire series when Agatha, it cuts to Agatha, and she says, I really did bite a kid once.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I also like that, the Office uh, theme song in this episode.
0: Yeah, that was really great. Uh, this episode obviously ends, though, with the reveal that I think we all saw coming, which was Agnes is actually Agatha Harkness.
1: And the true big takeaway cultural phenomenon of the show, uh, the song Agatha All Along, which was number Ooh. one on iTunes the following week.
0: <laughs> Kacen, can you sing us a little bit of Agatha All Along? Or, I cannot,
1: but if you okay. haven't heard it, you should definitely look it up because I'm not going to lie, the week after that episode, I uh, played a like two-hour loop of it on YouTube
0: while I was studying one day. Casein, <laughs> you're a sick pervert. <laughs> it's pretty catchy. <laughs> Who's been pulling on all the strings? It was Agatha.
1: Agatha oh, and then Agatha just like screams something in the background. No, so Agatha
0: good. goes, d- "Dude, Agatha goes, and I killed Sparky too." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. Great. Song. It's a classic. I want to hear Creed cover that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's been pulling on all strings? I want to hear Mumford. Oh my gosh, Cason. Yeah, no, dude. Actually,
1: great- actually, can you imagine a Florence and the Machine cover? oh with like harps and stuff
0: i i I can imagine everyone covering that yeah cason uh but we talked about this what a perfect perfect way and again just so like clever i love it like to reveal agatha we all knew that was coming i think and maybe they waited a little too long to show us that but the way that they just immediately went into the song was so perfect
1: yeah because she was putting the song into wanda's head to show her the the reveal awesome
0: yeah, I loved cool. it so much. Very cool seeing her go through all the different eras. That's also when we saw she was the one controlling uh, Evan Peters, Pietro. Right, right. So And
1: just the whole scene leading up to that when Wanda walks into the creepiest basement of all time. Very and cool. And then, I mean, that's when I was really like, oh, maybe they are going to go like darker with this, you know, than I thought they were going to.
0: Yeah, I loved it. I really loved this ending. It got me super hyped. Uh, she sees or, you know, the book
1: for the first time, right? The yes, the, the dark hold—is that what it's called? Something, yeah, the something dark nerdy. Old.
0: Yeah, awesome, dude. So I really loved it. Obviously, Agatha all along. Let's go. Maybe the highlight of the whole show. in <laughs> uh, episode eight is called "Previously On." This to me is when the show delivered exactly what I was wanting the whole time. Kaysen, you know me. Hit me with the emotion. I know, and man, man, oh, man! Did episode eight deliver on that?
1: Yep. Like, what a, did you think of this episode? Like an explosion, it hit you. Um, Boom. Yeah, I, I love this episode. I thought it was great. I thought they chose the perfect flashbacks to have. Like, I, I think it was. I just think every single scene was significant and had its purpose and worked toward developing Wanda's character. And I think that. Uh, There were some great reveals that were done very, like, naturally. Like, it wasn't supposed to be some big, like, oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. It it was just like, oh wow, that's, like, interesting and sad, you know, that that's how all this played out. And I think it caught us up perfectly. It filled in a lot of previous MCU stuff that was somewhat unresolved with her character. Um yeah. See,
0: to right. me, I love this episode because it gave us answers like, okay, why is it the sitcom format? Because that's what she saw as a kid. Like that was her comfort. That's how exactly. she That's what she watched with her family when she was happy, you know? And she almost looked at her mom and dad sitting on the couch, arms around each other, exactly the same way that she her envision, you know, ended up sitting on the couch figuring out what to watch. Right. It was so beautiful, dude. And it's like It wasn't the deepest answer, but it was emotionally satisfying. And that's what I feel like ended up happening with a lot of this stuff. We all had these crazy theories. Where's Mephisto? Where's Doctor Strange? Is the fly actually the devil? Like all these crazy (laughs) things. And it's like we didn't get any bizarre outlandish answers like that. But the ones we got were fairly straightforward but emotionally powerful. Yeah, definitely. And this episode really solidified that. The sequence where her and her brother are laying under the rubble, we see the Stark bomb that was first mentioned in Age of Ultron. I love that. And then just the broken television. Just sitting there, like, being their comfort in that time of, like, tremendous, you know, uh, peril. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so powerful. Dude, not to mention the sequence where she is, uh, you know, she is getting experimented on. She comes out, touches the Mind Stone, dude, and sees the vision, no pun intended, of Scarlet Witch coming out of the light. Awesome.
1: Yeah, that was really cool because it was kind of the first establishment of this idea that she is some kind of, like, you know, prophetic, like, character with, like, a a destiny that has been, like, you know— mentioned before i really i think that's a really cool like vibe to take her character um in the idea that the mind stone kind of like recognized her right is like someone like powerful <laughs> or like yes. worthy i guess i think that's cool
0: awesome dude we also see the mind stone change colors from blue to yellow which is what eventually happened when it went into vision's head right. But uh that was kind of cool too they kind of retcon that a little bit but i love that wanda interacting with it is what changed it
1: yep 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 we get the we get the vision scene where he says What is grief if not love persevering that was a big that was
0: a big hit with the fans awesome <laughs> I loved it too um it's cool it's so fitting for vision and then seeing vision comfort her after her brother pat it was just awesome man it it really did this episode did such a good job of taking these characters and just to me, this was like the elevation episode. This is like when you take these two characters, you hit us in the fields, and you really put them on a different pedestal than we've seen them before.
1: Yeah, because the end, when we see the creation of Westview, it's amazing. Like, they built it up to be emotionally impactful.
0: Such an awesome ending, dude. It was so cool. The creation of Westview was one of my favorite parts of the show. Seeing her literally creating vision. Was so awesome. Dude, not to mention the scene where she goes and talks to Hayward and we see his diabolical plan for the first time. She goes to Vision's disassembled body and she's touching his face and she's saying, I can't feel you. Yeah. It's like, man, this is awesome stuff. And then to see the ending when she literally creates him, you know, which we find out that that's one of the powers of the Scarlet Witch, right, is creation.
1: Well, I, I think the idea was that she had part of the Mindstone inside of her, right? And that's how she was able to, like, conjure yes. him because he was partly Mindstone.
0: It was awesome, dude. I loved it. And again, it's maybe not an answer. Like so many people were questioning, what is Vision? How is he in this world? Did she steal his body? Like all these things. And it's like ultimately she gave him life You know, from her own kind of grief grief and trauma and stuff. And to me, it's simple, but it's awesome. Like again, it's the emotionally satisfying answer.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I Uh, also like how
1: this – I think this episode put in a lot of work – in a very natural way, into explaining Wanda's powers more. Um, Yeah. Which I think was sorely needed because up to this point, it was always just like, okay, what? Like, they did some experimenting on her with the Infinity Stones and she became, like, a witch? You know, like, this is like, like, what's going on? And I really like the way that in this episode, very smoothly, they explain to us that she was different from the beginning, right? Like, she already had this tendency toward magical abilities, and then it was just brought out and enhanced by interacting with the Mind Stone, and that's why like, now she's so powerful. I think that's cool.
0: Dude, also, you're exactly right, but also the, in the series finale, which we're about to talk about, episode nine, which is titled The Series Finale, it's so awesome to me that up to this point, Wanda is incredibly powerful, but you always kind of get the feeling that even she doesn't fully understand her power right like it's something that's always kind of like out of control we saw that in civil war uh and it's always like she doesn't have a grasp on it and it's like man oh man the finale completely puts that to bed
1: uh yeah totally and i mean i didn't even think about that honestly during the show but you're right it is cool how that's been like a recurring theme for her right like her powers are dangerous. She's always been kind of this character that like people are afraid of because she's too powerful for her own good. Like she can't control it. And this whole series really was like the exclamation point of that, right? Like she took her powers way too far. And yeah, it it just goes to show like how dangerous she really
0: is and let's dive into the series finale, episode 9 titled The Series Finale. What did you think? This was a show to me that a lot was riding on how this wraps up. A lot of mystery, a lot of character development, but how are they going to put the bow on this thing? Did you think it delivered? What's up with the finale?
1: Yeah, here's I think this is the best way I can put it for myself. Um I think the finale chose a definitive direction to take the show in. I feel like the finale pretty much said, "All right, regardless of what the rest of the show has been like this is a marvel series (laughs) and so here's what's gonna happen you're gonna get big action set pieces you're gonna get characters fighting clones of themselves you're gonna get goofy (laughs) child actors running around with powers whatever you're gonna get a lot of goofy stuff But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be heartfelt. There's going to be a little bit of mind games happening to elevate it just a little bit above a DC movie, Um, and there's going to be emotional payoffs, and I feel like they nailed it with all of those things. I do feel like to fully appreciate it, you have to kind of forget about what I personally loved so much about the beginning of the show. Because I feel like they basically just totally abandon that (laughs) in the finale. They don't really come back to it at all as far as like the sitcom vibe or like anything with sort of the the course that they set out on. Uh, But that's okay. That's the direction they chose to go and I think they did a great job with that.
0: Yeah, that's something I mentioned to you, but thinking about it, I I think it makes sense because... We basically got the sitcom stuff because that's what Wanda was going through mentally, you know? Like, she was creating that to kind of cope. But it's almost like by the time the finale rolled around, that was all wrapped up. Like, there was really no more coping, you know? Um, I told you originally, though, I thought they could have done something a little more clever with kind of putting a bow on that sitcom stuff, whether it's, like showing us like taking one more trip through the different eras like having something where we kind of uh you know go back to that really like you said this was just a straight up marvel product through and through uh which i loved i love this finale i think it was awesome it hit me so hard emotionally which is what i always look for i thought the fights were cool i want to talk right now about vision versus white vision that's a uh topic of of controversy what did you think of this? I'll let you take a I'll let you give your thoughts on vision versus white vision before I dive in.
1: Yeah, I thought the fighting between them was fine. uh I mean, I thought it was cool. it was entertaining. The visuals looked great of them flying around in the air, phasing through each other. Um I like the performance from Paul Bettany, especially his white vision. I thought he did a great job of being very like scary and foreboding. I love the initial scene when he like grabs Wanda and like starts squishing her (laughs) you know that was very unexpected and like creepy um yeah i i like what they did with having vision sort of do a mental like game with him just because that's so believable that that's what both those characters would like get into a conversation about um i don't really like the way it ended but that's those are my thoughts
0: (laughs) what do you think I thought it was awesome. I, I, okay. love, I love the idea that Vision realized the way to defeat himself, essentially, was by this philosophical question of, are you Vision? Am I Vision? Like, who is the true Vision? It gives you so much to think about. I love the ship of Theseus, I think is what it was called, right? Yep. Uh, kind of parable that he, he mentioned, where if you have all these pieces of wood that make up this ship and they slowly give way to rot and you start replacing those pieces of wood in this museum is it still the ship of theseus if it's new pieces of wood and then he goes a step further and says if you take the original pieces of wood and clean off the rot is that still the ship of theseus right because maybe the rot is what makes it real And it's just such an awesome concept because Vision, White Vision's entire mission was to destroy Vision, right? (laughs) Right. So he basically tells him, you are Vision. Right. I loved it. And then not to mention the fact he gives, I love the line, what what does White Vision say when he first brings up that ship of Theseus thing? He says something like, I request further elaboration. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome And then he gives him his memories, which was very interesting. Now my question was, if he gave white vision his memories, why did vision fly away? You'd think vision would go find Wanda, but is it possible? This is something I was talking to uh, one of my coworkers, which we're going to get his comments, Kyle here in a second, but he was saying, even if you gave someone else your memories, right? right They're not yours. Like, like you can give give him
1: his, he didn't give him his own memories. He unlocked the memories out of his brain.
0: Right. But it's almost like, were those his memories then? Like, do you just immediately take those memories as your own or do they feel foreign to you? You know?
1: Well, I mean, I guess theoretically they were neither of their memories. (laughs) Yeah. Because the, I mean, vision him, the vision that was in the hex theoretically only had what Wanda was able to conjure in him for memories, right? Yes. So he probably didn't actually have any memories aside from the ones with Wanda. Because how would right, she which have is known Right,
0: Which is why he couldn't remember anything. Exactly. Yeah. So, very interesting. So White Vision flies away, which a lot of we're going to get into listener uh, comments here pretty soon. A lot of people did not like that. Kason, what do you think of uh, Agatha versus Wanda in this entire witch battle? that was definitely kind of corny, but also a lot of fun in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I liked it. I just think Katherine Hahn is so good. Like I thought her and Elizabeth Olsen sold it really well. There were some like parts of the set pieces that were kind of like, eh, okay, (laughs) Marvel's going to Marvel. But uh, it was cool for being a lot of like blasting energy beams around. I thought they did a good job of making it fun for the most part.
0: I also thought Catherine Hahn was doing a lot of monologuing, which this whole finale had a lot of dialogue, a lot of monologuing, exposition. But to me, I like that. I feel like so much of the show was keeping the cards close to the vest that in this finale, when they kind of unleashed and just had characters like talking and kind of explaining things, I normally don't like that. But in this episode, I was cool with it because it seemed like it was always backed up by cool action, you know, like yeah. things happening around the dialogue um case and we got to get obviously to the the scarlet witch reveal which to me is the highlight of the series it's like wanda finally coming into her own finally realizing who she is who she's meant to be her destiny if you will the scarlet witch what did you think of this sequence when she reveals you thought agatha i gave you all my powers i don't think so she got the rune set up the entire hex becomes the runes, right? Yeah. Which was awesome. So only Wanda could use her magic. And then we see Agatha have zero power and we see Scarlet Witch come out. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it totally worked. Um, I don't know if it actually like really made that much sense (laughs) that she would be able to learn how to do that that quickly. Uh, but I mean, whatever. I'm down for it. I thought her costume was so awesome that, like, I'll forgive whatever random plot (laughs) unlikeliness is. Uh, Now, what do you mean, Kaysen,
0: by saying you don't think she could do that?
1: Like, I don't, like, how could she have learned how to create those runes using her magic after only just having been a victim of it for, like, one time in a basement a little bit ago? (laughs) Like, I don't know.
0: See, I look at it like a lot of this stuff has always been inside of her. She just didn't know how to utilize it. And it's like as...
1: So you think she just memorized what those images looked like on the walls and then copied them onto her own walls?
0: See, I kind of looked at it like this too. See, follow me on this. This might be reading too much into it, but when she was throwing all of her magic, all of her powers at Agatha, basically just saying like, take it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want it. I looked at that like her completely draining herself of the old Wanda. You know, like she's getting rid of all the grief, all the trauma, all the BS, getting rid of it. She is empty. And the only thing left to bring her back is her true nature, the Scarlet Witch. You know what I mean? Like that's when, when she was at her most depleted, that's when her true destiny kicked in and Scarlet Witch shows up.
1: Interesting. Okay, I can see that.
0: You know, I mean she literally was like a weakened skeleton, you know, that was like nothing. It's like she she gave everything. She she gave it away, and it's like she didn't want it, and then it's like her I don't know if you want to call that her defense mechanism, but like Scarlet Witch like basically took over and was like, No no no.
1: Well she was playing Agatha though, right, the whole time. Like she was intentionally doing that. Like, she wasn't trying to give her all of her powers.
0: Uh, right? Yeah, well, may, may, yeah, maybe she wasn't trying to give Agatha all of her powers, but she was still drained, right? I mean, all of her skeletal, messed-up face and features, that I think that was real, right?
1: Well, I was kind of confused about that, because to me it seemed like that was just some kind of illusion. Like after, Because after she activates the whatever, she just immediately, like refreshes. And it almost came across to me like she was, you know, like faking all that, but I don't I don't really understand. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Interesting. I don't and know how the you...
1: magic works.
0: Well, yeah, you might be right. Maybe I'm looking too much into that then.
1: I, I have no idea. I'm not not qualified to give you a rundown on what happened. Well,
0: Cason, either way, what did you think of this costume? Please, let's talk about the costume because when I saw it, I did seven fist pumps (laughs) and said, hot damn.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I think it was way better than her previous Marvel costumes. Um, I'm glad they are finally giving her a legit costume to
0: have. This reveal was insane to me. When Scarlet Witch fully revealed herself, it felt like when Thor jumped off the Rainbow Bridge and had lightning shooting out of his skull. Yeah, yeah. I was like... This is a moment right here. Let's go. Looked amazing. Elizabeth Olsen just slaying it. And like I said, I think this is the moment, I mean, along with so much of the rest of the show, but this was the cherry on top when I think a lot of people are like, okay, I'm all in. She's one of my favorites. Let's go.
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree. I love that like the glowing headpiece became a real uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Um,
0: yeah, Love that. Uh, Casey, let's talk about the end real quick before we kind of wrap it up. What did you think of Wanda being forced to say goodbye to her family, not only the not only Vision but the kids as well, because the only way she could kind of let everyone free of her brain slavery <laughs> was to uh open the hex which would destroy her family.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all kind of saw it coming. I feel like from episode 1, we kind of thought that this was where everything was headed. Wanda would have to say goodbye to Vision um, which he did, but I thought that it was emotional. Uh, again, the performances are just way above what a superhero movie would call for. Um, I think I think they have something really special with Elizabeth Olsen um, as far as an actor. And uh,
0: yeah, great scene. Dude, the line when he says, like, I just want to know what am I? And it's like, how awesome was that? Because that's what the audience has been wondering. What is this thing? Yeah. And the way she explains it, which I could never do it justice, was so beautiful. Like she explains exactly what he is to her, you know?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It,
0: it was beautiful. And I love the final line. It's like, we've said goodbye so many times. I have a feeling we'll be saying hello again at some point.
1: yeah. That's a good line. It life. was
0: beautiful, <laughs> dude. I loved it. I was so emotionally invested. And then seeing her walk out of Westview as all the citizens are looking at her with scorn. You know, yeah. like you just put me through mental slavery.
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure.
0: Crazy stuff.
1: It was great. It was great. Monica was kind of lame, but... That's okay.
0: <laughs> Monica got shot in the stomach and it didn't hurt her.
1: Yeah, well, I feel like with Monica, they didn't go into her powers enough. Like, what even <laughs> – I don't know. Yeah. We don't need to get into it. I'm
0: sure they'll go I more ag- into
1: it in Captain Marvel, too.
0: I agree with you. Like, it was very f- foggy on what she even – like, what her ability even was. Yeah. Uh, Cason, let's talk about the final post credit sequence of basically Scarlet Witch revealing that she has Doctor Strange's powers of astral projection and – and she is studying the book just like Doctor Strange studies. I love the parallels. We obviously know that Wanda is going to be heavily involved with Doctor Strange moving forward. Uh, what do you think of this scene? What do you think of her kids calling out to her maybe from another universe?
1: Yeah, the scene is great. I mean, great little teaser for Doctor Strange setup. Um, I have no idea what to make of the kids. Really. Like, I, I, I don't know why they would be crying for help like that like I don't know what she's hearing I don't know very weird
0: we're gonna talk about some theories here pretty soon as we wrap it up so I'll get into that in a little bit but uh yeah great end cap pacing great show I think ultimately this show delivered way more on emotion and characters than the mystery aspect that I originally thought it was gonna go towards but I still think it was fun to talk about, fun to speculate, but I just think this is the definition of a show. You just have to let it be its own thing and try to just be patient and watch it, enjoy it for what it is, not what you want it to be.
1: It was great. I think if they keep this level of quality for each show, it'll be a huge success.
0: Absolutely. And I also think this could end up being one of the most memorable shows that Marvel does. Me too. The very first one, because I'm going to be remembering this in certain sequences, certain scenes for a long time.
1: Yep, and I think that Falcon Winter Soldier will be very different than this.
0: Absolutely. Kason. let's rattle off some fun stuff. Favorite theme song, what do you got?
1: Uh, My favorite theme song, I think, is the one where they showed pictures of baby Vision and, like, had his makeup face over the, over the little kid's body.
0: There is zero question that is the correct answer. <laughs> I don't know which what? episode that was. Three, maybe? It was the fifth episode oh, when they fifth. do the 80s thing. Yeah, that was great unbelievable dude when i saw baby vision i wanted to pick him up and squeeze him and then (laughs) not to mention when they show little kid vision who looks like a dork it was so good yeah
1: nerd nerd kid
0: love it that's definitely my favorite theme song case and favorite commercial that we saw during these episodes
1: definitely the the animated shark commercial i feel like that one is not even close for me it was creepy it was different because it was animated It was uh, one that didn't actually have to do with Wanda's past, but was actually more of a hint as to Agatha's presence, right, in the hex. Um, Yeah, feeding. It was great, yeah.
0: See, that was awesome. I agree. I think my favorite was the very last one uh, with the Nexus depression pill. Interesting. Because something that was really interesting about that, if you notice, like, they keep mentioning, like, uh doctor's orders like do what the doctor says and i feel like that has to be a connection to strange oh maybe like at least at least like a little wink wink of like yeah like doctor strange is gonna come in and he's gonna kind of like dictate this whole like nexus alternate reality thing
1: interesting i didn't even think about that
0: yeah so i love that i I think i like that one the most just because it gave me the most to think about but you're right the yo magic with the shark was pretty awesome (laughs) heck yeah um, what else we got? Kason, before we dive into some possible future theories on Wanda, where she's going, what's up with Doctor Strange, what's up with White Vision, let's jump to the listeners. Sorry we waited so long, listeners, but we're going to dive into some of your quick comments on this show, see if you agree with us. Our girl Veronica Bullard wrote in, she says, My favorite part of the series was Agatha taking Wanda through the different parts of her life and the way her version of Westview came to be. That entire episode was heart-wrenching, but so, so good. My least favorite part of the series was white vision and the lack of closure. His memory was restored, but then he just vanishes. Where did he go, Kaysen?
1: Uh That's a good question, Veronica. I don't know. I assume he went into the Marvel Vault to be brought back out whenever it is convenient for them to bring he, him back. He
0: went into the Disney Vault, Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Cason, our boy Matthew Hagler writes in. He says, Marvel did an incredible job. My favorite part of the series was how you always realized something more was wrong. You just couldn't quite put your finger on what or why. My least favorite part of the series was the lack of closure for white vision and sword. Wow. A lot of people are upset about this white vision, huh? I agree with Hagler as far as you always felt like something was wrong. But again, that was more the earlier episodes, I think. And that's why it was so enticing for me anyway. I like that those those kind of off, mysterious elements, but as it went on, I feel like they kind of abandoned that somewhat.
1: Yeah, they did. They did.
0: Case and our boy, you know this guy's not sitting this one out. Fatty McGee 37. Let's he go. is he is loving this. Dan Nolt, he wrote in and said, What started off as a plucky, unique concept traveling through different television decades, turned into a beautiful, tragic love story. It was so good. My high opinion might be tainted by the fact it's the only Marvel content we've gotten in almost two years, but the story and idea behind it was so good. The last two episodes were amazing, officially bringing in Scarlet Witch, which she'd never been referred to before. The costume change, embracing her powers, and then the Doctor Strange reference at the end was just perfect.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Fatty McGee, we agree with that, obviously. Case and our boy Brad Nestor, he said, I love the ship of uh, Theseus brain teaser that Vision used to neutralize white Vision. It highlights his partially human qualities against the purely synthesoid qualities of white Vision. I also love the reveal of Evan Peters as Quicksilver. One thing that wasn't necessarily bad but could have been better was waiting so long for the Agatha reveal. Hmm. We kind of uh, talked about that.
1: I agree, yeah. I mean, i I loved where it was, but you know if if there was not going to be the mephisto reveal and they really were just going to have agatha be agatha then maybe they could have gone with that a little bit earlier but I don't know. It just, is what it is.
0: just because we didn't get too much of her backstory. Like we obviously saw the stuff like centuries earlier, but like, I feel like we needed more and maybe we'll get that eventually, but she's such an interesting character. And I agree. If you would have revealed her maybe an episode earlier, we could have gotten some more time to kind of develop what her deal was.
1: Yeah. I kind of think we will get more of her, but we'll see.
0: our boy Kyle Altick wrote in he said philosophically my favorite part of the series was that love and reason beat fear, trauma, and grief the vision versus vision battle was probably my favorite part I also love that Wanda when completely wrecked and peaked emotionally didn't lash out and destroy but instead created even when she had to destroy when she had to let them go and bring down the hex it was out of love very powerful stuff
1: wow that is actually pretty cool
0: (laughs) yeah i I, when he sent that in i was like dude that's amazingly said yeah i agree i agree i want to read that again when wanda was completely wrecked and peaked emotionally she didn't lash out and destroy but instead created yeah that's cool now you can obviously argue she kind of destroyed those people's minds (laughs) but still we know what you meant yeah. Still, I, I, I love that uh I love that message. Case and our girl Betsy North wrote in. She said this was devastating for Wanda. She had a lovely wrap up with her family, but I cried. Absolutely heartbreaking. She can't catch a break. As great as Elizabeth Olsen was, and she was fantastic, Katherine Hahn really stole the show. I was slightly disappointed that they didn't utilize Evan Peters Pietro outside of that one episode. Hmm. See, that's the thing. They only used Evan Peters for really just that one episode. So it's almost like they they tried to not overuse him to where it would be super disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that true. He, they kind of kept him on the DL. Yeah, that's a good point. Case and our girl Samantha Murphy Ryan wrote in. She said, Wanda is now the strongest and most powerful being in the MCU. She is now my favorite, and I can't wait to see what she does next. I do, however, think she owes the people of Westview an apology and should pay for their therapy.
1: Wow, I think she's probably right, but sadly... Yeah, I, that
0: finale episode, we saw some angry people, dude. Some angry, traumatized uh, citizens of Westview.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I Unfortunately, I doubt Wanda's really rolling in the cash at this point, so <laughs> I don't know if she'll yeah. be able to pay for all their therapy. She's
0: going to have to hit up uh, Pepper Potts and see yeah. if she can get some of that widow money. She's going to have to create some therapists. <laughs> Kacen, our boy Matthew Keller... Oh, I actually already, I already read, this read one. Matthew Keller's comments, didn't I, about condensing Yep. but uh, anyway hey guys thank you for writing in a lot of people talking about this show a lot of people wanting to talk about it so thanks for your comments uh, and I think we agree with most of them uh,
1: yeah I think so
0: cool Kacen that was fun I guess last thing I want to talk about before we say goodnight is uh, just the future what do you think Wanda's future is in the MCU what do you think is going to be the tie in with Doctor Strange and do you have any theories on White Vision and where the hell this guy went
1: I have no theories on white vision and to be completely honest, I don't even know. Like I said, it really does just feel like a safety net for them of like, Hey, we're just going to have this guy disappear. And then whenever we feel like bringing him back, we can, um, I, that's my feeling. I don't even get the vibe that they like have a near future plan to use him again. Um, as far as the Wanda stuff, I think she will definitely hook up with Dr. Strange likely to I don't know see I can't decide if they're going to work together to try and do something in the multiverse or if she is going to do something that will then like attract the attention of Doctor Strange and he'll have to come kind of jump in to try and uh, keep things under control
0: See, my theory is, as we saw her in isolation in that cabin at the end, I think she's going to study. She's going to learn. She's going to do something that is going to get the attention, not of Doctor Strange, but of uh, Mordo, sure, played by sure. Chiwetel Ejiofor, who is obviously the villain uh, that's being set up at the end of the first Doctor Strange. Right. So I think he is going to come to her and basically say, look, I know you're using this chaos magic. He's going to try to lure her in as being like the good guy. Like, I'm on the right side. And then Strange is going to come in and try to stop him. So I think it could be interesting if instead of Wanda and Doctor Strange just straight up teaming up, like buddy-buddy, if it's something where Strange and Mordo are almost fighting over Wanda. Like, Ah, she's so powerful, they each want her for whatever they're trying to do. That would be cool, yeah. So I could see that almost being the start of Doctor Strange too. is Mordo showing up to that cabin and being like... I'm here to talk to you about, you know, using your powers. Maybe he's going to lean into the fact that, like, I know your kids are out there in this different universe. Like, don't you want them back?
1: Yeah, that's a cool idea. I guess my only thing with that is, like, do you think they would really have the plot again of Wanda kind of towing the line of being a villain?
0: Well, see, the other thing I don't know if I like is the idea, like we talked about, that Wanda, it's like she already made the sacrifice of her family. So I don't know if I like the idea of going back on that and being like, eh, she gave up her family, but, like, actually maybe the kids are still out there and now she wants to, like, go get them. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't like that either, but I feel like Marvel does that all the time.
0: Yeah. They they they, they never really want to commit too hard to anything. Right. But uh, as far as White Vision goes – I agree with you I don't like the idea again that they don't just commit to like vision is dead Mm -hmm. but in this case I kind of like it in the sense that I like this twisted love story I like that final line of dialogue of like we said goodbye so many times and I feel like we're gonna say hello again in some weird bizarre black mirror type way like we will say hello to each other one more time or multiple more times so I like the idea that they have this weird love story where it's like is it ever really over
1: yeah I guess so it just seems very repetitive
0: (laughs) but Uh, I don't know if it's repetitive I mean as far as just the bizarre ways that Vision will keep coming back I think it's kind of interesting to me I don't know I think that I'm still on board with it I get the the flip side though I get the idea of thinking it's like you can't just get rid of anybody
1: yeah we'll see how they do it we'll see what they do with them
0: we'll see white Vision we don't know (laughs) the jury's out case and that was WandaVision that was a lengthy review but I feel like with nine episodes and just so much to talk about it deserved kind of an in-depth discussion
1: yeah I think so it was a well it wasn't that long I wish the episodes were longer but it was a it was a Kaysen, you length.
0: were obsessed with these episode lengths man you were mad like you would hit me up every week and be like oh 36 minutes well I was just annoyed
1: <laughs> by how long the credits were
0: Hey, how iconic in just the short nine episodes we got was that please stand by that came up every time. Oh, iconically terrible, yeah. It was awesome. Like, I saw so many memes of, like, people just getting so frustrated by that. Like, no, like, don't be over episode. Yeah, for sure. But that's what you want, man. You want the people craving more.
1: Uh, yeah, you do, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, you do.
0: I think so. Better... Like I said, I came off watching shows like Ozark where it's like, good Lord, every episode is like an hour and 10 minutes to where when it's over, you're just, by the time it's like 45 minutes in, you're just thinking, please God, end, like just end this episode.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, my, my thing that I told you was just that it was kind of hard, uh, hard to have like viewing parties that feel full, you know, with like me and my other vaccinated friends (laughs) uh, when the episode's like 20 minutes long (laughs)
0: but oh yeah i mean i understand that also what is up with disney plus's bizarre release window oh yeah are you putting out episodes at three in the morning
1: i don't know i don't know it's annoying it makes
0: zero sense i mean like it's it's really annoying because you have to avoid spoilers all day on friday yeah ruins my work day on friday (laughs) it really sucks like unless you wake up super early like at you know whatever before you go to work and watch the episode but but I that's don't know also don't just, just
1: annoying like who wants to sit back and enjoy the episode in the morning before they go to work
0: like... very weird dude i don't know why they don't just drop these episodes at like friday night at like 7 p.m yeah
1: for real you know? i don't know maybe they'll very... try that with something in the future
0: i hope so anyway casen that was fun that was wandavision really impressed with the debut show from uh feige and the mcu and i i can't wait to see what they do next i'm so excited about falcon and winter soldier just because i feel like it's gonna be so different but still the same level of quality me
1: too i'm excited about it too i'm excited about those longer episode lengths um dude final (laughs) prediction uh are you calling black widow is gonna remain only in theaters or are they uh dropping the ball on that one
0: man it's tough to say dude because i just saw i saw raya in theaters raya and the last dragon which premiered on disney plus and theaters and it did not make a lot of money i think it only made like eight million dollars correct opening week which
1: tom and jerry last weekend made like 14 million
0: (laughs) yeah it's just bizarre dude i mean we're two months away so a lot can change in two months i think feige is really gonna stick to theatrical only I don't think he wants this thing on Disney+. Plus. I think he wants to keep the Marvel brand like where it is, you know? Yeah. And I and think he knows... Yeah. I think he knows that like Black Widow is a movie just because of when it's coming out, because of the fact that it's about a character that's, you know, kind of had her time in the sun <laughs> and is d- no longer with us. Uh, this might be a movie that is just kind of uh, like hopefully you just break even on and you kind yeah. of just get it out there, get people back into the theaters and hope it kind of catapults the rest of your lineup for for 2021.
1: Yeah, and I think that Rhea too had some issues with like some theaters not showing it. Um, so that was definitely a factor from what I heard.
0: Wait, why were theaters not showing it?
1: Uh, I know one of the, I think Cinemark, which is like the third biggest theater chain in the country, was not showing it because they had a huge disagreement with Disney about the about like the share of the profits that they would get
0: wow interesting okay yeah
1: so i mean unless disney pulls back on that too i doubt they'll show black widow either i don't know i think they're holding their ground but we'll see what happens
0: wow uh,
1: yeah we'll
0: anyway. see Kason. but hey stay stay uh, tuned in because we're gonna drop info on season two we've been talking about that for a solid decade but i promise it's coming we got some exciting things planned and uh that's it, Case, any closing thoughts?
1: That's it for on me.
0: WandaVision. I loved it. Loved it, watch it, enjoy it. Case, it's been a pleasure. Yes.
1: Good night. Please stand by.
0: Please stand by.